My name is Rick de Groot, and my favorite feature in Power Query is the ability to build your own functions. Welcome to Power Query Magic. Welcome, Rick. Thank you for coming on the show. So great to see you. Thanks. And uh, we've, we've been seeing each other online for a little bit before already, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, you're, on, you're on LinkedIn a fair bit posting. I've seen more of your Power Query videos coming up. So you're being active in that space. Yeah, that's been, uh, that's been a really big part of the community, actually, the LinkedIn uh, area. I've only started that beginning of this year. And I never actually thought that that was going to blow up so quickly from a thousand followers to, I think it's almost 10,000 now. But I feel like a big part of the community is on LinkedIn as well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I find LinkedIn and Twitter together, I find that they're both, they've got sort of, they've got different feels to them. So I quite like the Twitter is a bit more lighthearted and there's a bit more, you know, other stuff going on on there. Yeah. But if you just follow the right, you know, if you stick to just following you know technical people twitter's pretty good mm-hmm. um i quite like that as a concept too and i'm a big big linkedin fan i'm not on twitter too much yet i have to admit i feel like uh, there's a lot going on and uh, i'm i just yeah. haven't really found out yet what twitter is, is used for most i see a lot of short tweets I for would... it and yeah what, what, what kind of content yeah. do you put on there if you if you do post well it's, it is sharing you know it's sharing your videos and everything like that, your standard content. But it just feels more like you can just post something you've just come across, normally moaning about something that's not working you know, or, or some feature that you're annoyed with. Um, and just quickly commenting on other people's posts as well. And it's just, and there's a bit more of a, you know, there's a bit more um, fun going on with it as well. People just posting memes and other silly little things. Yeah. But I think it just, it has a little sense of community in there with it. I like it. I, I would usually see a lot of people on uh, on bigger events also using Twitter a lot. Like every time a new big feature was announced, they would they would tweet it out there. So it feels a bit quicker yeah, and yeah. like you don't have to review your maybe your post too much. Like you just spread it, spread your thoughts as as they come up. Yeah, you know there there is no edit, so you can you can delete what you've posted, but there's no edit. So. Unless you unless you pay like I don't know I think it's five dollars for Twitter Blue or something crazy. Oh, that's the thing uh, now too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can call back your uh, post. But yeah, there we go. Um, so your, your YouTube channel then, Bi Gorilla. Look, I've, I've obviously got to ask about the name. You know, if you're going to name your channel something like that, you're going to be hounded for the rest of your career by people asking you, "Hey, what about the name?" That's that's What's definitely true. Like people outside of the BI space, they even wonder about the the, the B gorilla they say in Dutch, like as if it's like a oh, bisexual okay. gorilla, something like that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and other people are like, is it about a big gorilla or well, what is that all about? Um, oh, big gorilla, yeah. And the truth is, like uh, a while back, I think that was 2015 when I first got some uh, some thoughts on releasing a blog, and. It was quite tough to find a .com domain. Like I really wanted to just have a .com domain at first and see how that would go. And I realized that a lot of the, the names that I was looking for, uh, I was really just brainstorming on a piece of paper at first. But a lot of those big names, they were simply taken or you could acquire the big domains for 
like a lot of money, let's say four or five thousand yeah, yeah, money for yeah. a domain. <laughs> so, so for me, that was the brainstorming back then. And my first blog was actually called excelgorilla.com. And I'm not sure if you've seen it was when it was out there, but it had a lot less content no. and it was more focused on, oh, okay. uh, on the Excel space. So that domain started uh, with excelgorilla.com. And at some point I just felt like that Excel part really made it feel as if it was only about Excel. And I think it was only like a year ago or so, like one or two years ago that I decided to rebrand it. And um, right. well, it just made sense to change the Excel part to BI because it could still cover some parts of Excel, right? And at the same yeah, time, yeah. it would also involve like uh, the business intelligence platform. Um, and then actually I got the inspiration from uh, the book of the Italian guys, Alberto Ferrari and uh, Marco Russo, because I noticed in their books that they had these short links, which said SQL.bi. And then I was thinking like, hey, that's pretty cool to have a, a BI domain somewhere. And as it turned out, the, the BI domain is, is owned by a country like Burundi, and they acquired okay. all these BI uh, endings of a domain. So you really had to look good before you could buy uh, one of those. And, uh, and with that, I actually thought like, well, let's keep it just short and, uh, and, and quick. And yeah, with, with a rebrand, Gorilla.bi just uh, came to exist. That's, uh, that's really how it came about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so how long, so because I, interesting you said rebranding because I sort of scanned back on your, on your blog and saw that, you know, one of your first, or it seemed that the first post I came across was something to do with how to use some product in Excel. That's right. Does that sound about right? So, you know, and, and then they clearly became more, a bit more power query focused quite, quite quickly. And sort of you got into into that side of things. And I, I think literally with all the posts that I'm working on, they often relate to the projects that I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm not a full time blogger. I usually do this for for like a day a week. And I used to do it in the evenings and, uh, and for the weekends. So you'll see yeah. a lot of content that I'm, I'm currently working on with uh, with customers, actually. For example, in the last yeah, uh, inspiration, then a lot of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So some product was something that that current customer really needed for their Excel solutions. Um, but as you'll find out on my blog for the last few weeks, it's a lot about date calculations, working date calculations and power query, because that's something that's just very relevant for a current customer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably very similar for me. Something that comes up, it'll just trigger an idea. For, uh, and and you want to you want to make a note of it as well to some extent to remind yourself to of how you've done this thing so it's quite a useful resource for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing is if something worked for yourself, then if you note it down, then at least you'll know the solution works for for what you're looking for. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about you, Win, but I'm quite the perfectionist. And for me, I don't release anything if I would really want to make things perfect. So what I've always told myself is these are just notes for myself so that I can look back at it later and just copy paste it. And at any stage that I feel like most of the things are in there, it's never going to be perfect, but I just release it as a draft. And then right. that's, that's the thing I had to, I had to really move over to before, uh, because otherwise no, nothing ever got released. And that's, that's really helped me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a, a feeling of wh when is when is you know when is it good enough? Um, and there's I think that the more videos I've done, the 
the more I'm happy to go, you know what, no one's really going to notice that I made that mistake or I'll just even leave that mistake in because, you know, it shows you're human. It adds a bit of yeah. colour to it. Coupled with the fact that I'm just a bit too lazy now to, to keep uh, <laughs> to keep spending hours and hours editing it, so that's that's what I tell myself. But uh, how, how's that going for you? Win? Are you doing the editing of your videos uh, like personally, or do you have yeah. somebody help you with it? No, currently I do the editing myself. Um, I, I quite like doing it, um, and it's it does take up a fair fair bit of time, and it may be the case that I end up outsourcing that at some point. Yeah, but currently you know it's the same thing i just do it as maybe an hour or two you know or maybe even more now maybe four hours a week or something like that <laughs> during work time and then yeah. extra bits on the weekend and evenings and all that sort of stuff so yeah how about you do what's a what's a 10 minute video take from start to finish a 10 minute video well it really depends on uh, do i first have a blog post written already yes or no and if i have it ready on my uh, my blog already then for me, it's usually pretty easy to record the videos. I don't usually do re-recordings. So maybe if the intro isn't yeah. the way that I'm super happy about, maybe I'll just press record again for the intro. But but really, for the rest of the videos, I just usually record it in one go. And I might just have some notes on my desk that say like, okay, we have like four chapters and just the, the names of the chapter, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so those 10 minutes... I, th I think setting up the lights in the room and recording it, it, it might just take me like 25 minutes if I already have a blog post. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty good going. That's that's not too bad, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before I used to also no, I, do I, the editing like you. And um, I'm not sure I liked it as much as you do. Maybe you have a bit more of an eye for it or do it during work time. But, but I used to do it in the weekends and the nights. And I, f yeah. I felt it was taking up a lot of time uh, to get that all ready. Um, so recently, I actually found somebody that helps me with uh, with the editing, and some more uh, some okay. more videos are coming up. So for now, I'm just sending the instructions out, and uh, well, he's he's doing most of the editing for me. So I'm really uh, really happy about yeah. that. I, th I think it, I think it makes sense to do. Um, yeah, and it's probably it. I think it's inevitable that I'll end up going down that path, but not not quite yet for whatever reason but uh yeah one day i think it's going to happen because yeah it does take up a chunk of time um and while i while i quite like doing it you're right it just chews into your hours and i should there's uh, there's better things i could probably be doing sure sure <laughs> and you have a, a big following as well that likes the content right so if if you could make yeah, like twice the um, number of videos in the same time is would, would that be worth it for you that's it that's a good question yeah it is a yeah it is the question so and you know it's really a, a, a sideline well it has been a sideline in the past but it's it's taken off a bit more now so therefore it becomes oh actually you know does this actually become something that i do focus on for a day a week or something like that but we'll see we'll see how it progresses mm -hmm. um, definitely yeah it's interesting though so what what setup have you got in terms of your your mic and your camera and all that sort of stuff yeah, I'm really happy about the the current setup I have. Uh, I can show a bit actually. So I have a camera, uh, like a microphone, hanging here from Rode. It's uh, it's the okay. NT USB. Good thing about that one is you can right. just connect it with your USB, and it doesn't need an electricity socket uh, outside of that. Cool. So I bought this a little bit later because when I started, I just recorded with my uh, with my phone actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so, so this one is usually just hanging here all week long, whether it's for Teams meetings or for any of the recordings on, uh, on YouTube. And it's, uh, I think it's pretty okay quality, actually. So I can recommend that. Yeah, the that. sound is really good. Yeah. Then for a camera, I actually also used to use my iPhone for this. Um, but also for that one, I wanted to improve the quality of both the videos and to also get the Teams calls a little bit better. So uh, a yeah. few months ago, I bought a Sony a6600, which is a system camera that uh, that you can actually connect to your computer as well. Uh, okay. So, so yesterday I was chatting with uh, Brian Julius from Enterprise DNA, and we were discussing yeah. the topic of uh, getting like good quality uh, for your webcams and your webinars as well. And uh, well, we basically talked a lot about the topic of uh, the Cam4 links uh, from... Um, right. What's the brand again? Elgato, I think. I think Elgato sells those. So, okay. So with with that set up, you're you're really good to go to get your uh, your videos ready, your webcams, and of course it's a bit overkill if you're only doing Teams. But if you're a little bit of a geeky guy or a girl, you might just <laughs> yeah. uh, you might like getting one of those. <laughs> and I think I think what I'd say as well is you know don't to people is don't don't wait to get all the stuff before you start doing videos. You know, if, if you scroll back at my ones, just using the webcam in my laptop, and that was it, you know, nothing. And just started just, just because I enjoyed sharing it and yeah. look back and okay, the quality isn't great, but pe people got value from it and I like doing it. And then if it, you know, you start, I think you should just start doing it. And if you enjoy doing it, then upgrade. Definitely. And, you know. and most of all, it's really the audio that's important, right? Like a screen recording is yeah. going to be easy anyway. But does somebody really care if, yeah. if you are looking at them in 4K or if it's like 720p? I think uh, yeah. I, I think people usually skip away if the audio is not too good because then it gets uncomfortable to listen I to agree. and maybe you hear the buzzing out there. You might have heard that on, on, yeah. on some videos uh, around there. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then once you get the audio ready, I think people are just happy, just happy to watch. So, so get that audio okay and. Well, with a very limited setup, you should be good to go with your smartphone even. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good tip. So so, um, so, what's your job now then? It's a bit of a mix, but I'm usually, I'm, uh, during the week, I'm consulting for a set of clients. Uh, so at this point, I'm working for three different customers. And I try to do that okay. between, uh, I, the Tuesdays are my content days. So I used to also do this right. five days a week, and I felt this was getting a little bit too much for me. Um, so, uh, okay. so the consulting is now only uh, four days, and I try to mix those days between uh, Power BI consulting. I give training to teams to make sure they're able to uh, to make all the solutions themselves. And yeah. yeah, I think that's that's most of the week really. So it's it's different consulting and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and trainings uh, that I try to do. Yeah, same, same here. And is is does Excel come on the radar anymore, or is it all Power BI these days? Well, it does happen sometimes. Uh, and one of the the cool features with with Power BI as well is the the analyze in Excel part. So the yeah. the most often that I see Excel nowadays is often more connecting to a, an online data set, and then maybe juggling around a bit with. Uh, the old school cube formulas, as you uh, you might know them in Excel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, people are always a bit scared to start with it. But once once they see that you can actually get your Excel uh, spreadsheet as custom as you want, just with the data from your data set, 
people get pretty happy and the cube functions are pretty easy to learn. So that's that's usually yeah. something that I try to talk to when people are a little bit handy in Excel, you know, just to get them going. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's a big difference, isn't it, now that the it used to be that BI solutions or BI providers would come in and say, you know, you've got to scrap Excel. It's terrible. You should get rid of it and use our system instead. And then they have an export to Excel button in it. So bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whereas now it's sort of, you know, just use them side by side and, you, you know, you don't have to totally replace everything. You can just gradually move and you can still use Excel as well. And I think people are happy with that concept. Yeah. At least from my background. It seems like uh, like that was one of the marketing strategies that, that people had before to bash a little bit on Excel. Like, are you still doing everything with Excel? You should go to our, yeah. our tool. And there were even papers yeah. out there that like, I remember 10 years ago, it was already said that Excel was about to die. And uh, I, th I think even a, a friend of mine was worried that I was going to be out of a job at some point. And, right. and then I think it just turned out so differently, right? With all the changes they're making and uh, yeah, they're just moving with time. Yeah. So I don't see that yeah, happen it's, anytime it's soon. Uh, nah, those skills are here to stay for a long time. <laughs> and in, in a way, it's almost like um, the most used formula language in the world, right? Like there's, of course, there's SQL yeah. and all, but... I, th I think the the basic users also know how to use Excel and all companies in the world use it. It's like everybody is grinding totally. to get those spreadsheets ready for, well, it's almost for free, you say. Yeah, the pre you know, the, the need to get something out quickly, you know, that's always been the, the trouble with the big BI solutions is that they used to take six months and then the business needs changed by the time those solutions were built. Mm -hmm. So everybody just, you know, Excel was the practical solution and you can be as purist as you want about, you know, whether Excel is the right or the wrong tool. Yeah. It got the job done and it gets the job done all around the world and has done for 30 years. So, you know, to try and dismiss it and just say, ah, oh, you know, it's it's wrong or it shouldn't be used or there's, it's a bit of a sort of, you know, it, you can have that view, but the reality is everyone's using Excel. Yes. And then Power BI sort of uh, almost rather than replacing it, pull, pulls the users closer to the IT team, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, Power BI gives you that that closeness now that never existed before. It was very much a them and us, I think, with Excel, um, with IT, and I'm from the sort of business um, side, mm -hmm. them and us, and now Power BI is sort of, you know, everybody together, speaking a bit of a common language, I think. I think that's where it's coming coming to. And, and, and with these new tools coming, huh? like uh, the tools like Power Query, Power BI, do you feel like a, a bigger audience of a, of a higher age is attracted to it compared to, for example, the, the regular Excel? Like, like, do you see people aged 50 plus that are interested in trying to get into it more than they were into Excel, for example? Um, potentially, I, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's just some people, no matter what age, they're just interested in, you know, learning the best way of doing something they want to explore if they hear something can help them then they want to explore it and other people are just this way works why do i want to change it so you know it doesn't really matter i don't i don't think the age has an impact no, i think it's just a, an attitude hmm. no not really because you you are similar to me you're an ex-accountant aren't you yes yes i uh, i actually studied to be an accountant and uh, i worked in the field for about six years and, um, okay. and and somewhere, well, you know, in accounting, of course, they also work a lot with spreadsheets. 
And yeah, and yeah. somewhere I just felt very fun always to do the automation parts. Like I remember at the first workday, I'd see like some uh, some Excel workbooks that were fully protected and and they were meant to do your text calculations. And for me, it was like right. I would I didn't even know back then how to protect your workbook or how to make sure those formulas were hidden and you couldn't see them or adjust them. And I just remember the guy who made this, every time he walked by, I would just see some God walking by, you know, like I really admired him. <laughs> <laughs> and and especially when you were like 18 years old, 19 years old, you, you don't even know where to start because nobody tells you how it works yeah. or well, you have these big books, right? Like uh, the Excel Bible from uh, what's his name again? John, John Walkenbach. Yeah. You don't know about these until somebody introduces you to them, right? Nobody in school tells you like, oh, you should totally. buy these books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not on the school curriculum or the, or even the university one, are they? They're just sort of, you know, yeah. Uh, but do you, What one thing I, th I think that the remote working that we're all facing now is, is we lose that, that ability to see somebody else's spreadsheet as you walk past their desk or for them to sit over your shoulder and do something. I think I think there's a big loss there mm. of knowledge that, you know, we it has to be more formal now. Or maybe maybe YouTube has taken over and that's yeah. that's the shoulder you're looking over. I'm not sure, but yeah, it seem, seems to be a bit of a loss because that's certainly how I learned was by seeing other people's spreadsheets. Yeah, and, and just Well you, you might have worked from home a long time as well. Um I'm not, what's your current approach to new projects then? Do you, do you try to go in? Do you try to go into the office and sit with people? Or are you really just taking anything? No, initially we tend to, you know, meet meet with new clients and just sort of, you know, get an understanding of how they work and what their, what their goals are and what the scope of the project and all that sort of stuff is. Um, and then after that, it's largely remote. Largely remote. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it can, it can be totally remote, potentially. It's it's going that way, I think. You know, more and more people are just happier working from home, mm. more comfortable with the concept, the technologies. So not as much um, value put on being in person mm -hmm. as there used to be. It used to be extremely important, but not so much anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I'm a little bit from... Uh... Uh, from opposite sides uh, to that approach, uh, I've, I've worked home a lot, right. just like you, and uh, and of course my my yeah, home yeah. setup is pretty comfortable as well. Uh, but but personally, I feel I bring a lot of a lot more value when I'm when I'm around people, so I can overhear things. But also, you just have an easier chat around the the coffee machine, for example. Uh, yes. So so as much as I'm I'm possible actually to work from home. For for me, I try to be in the office like every day that I can because for me it's just okay a way to to connect easier with people and to easily say like hey let's just grab a room and, and discuss this compared to uh, calling people on teams seeing if they're busy are they actually understanding this or am I misreading their yeah, yeah. their uh, their facial expressions for example so so personally I found it very very fun to go in but there seem to be two uh, two camps here right People having their home situation with kids and um, not having any travel uh, or commute times. <laughs> yes, I, I totally get what you're saying. We definitely, when our clients were in the office, and this is the other side of the coin, is that there's no point in us going in when the client isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were in all the time, we were much more, you know, encouraging of the team to go in and work with the clients and be in the client's premises. 
so um yeah it's uh it's uh a very i think you're right it's an important thing you pick up a lot mm. if you when you're in there sitting i do miss that a bit not being in and around and, and is your team you and your business partner win because i know you as uh, one of the faces from access analytic but is your team like much bigger so there's eight of us in the organization mm. um so based in perth so we're solely based in perth in western australia and uh yeah so i joined the company 15 years ago company's been around for 20 years we were Excel consulting, ex accountants building Excel solutions, you know, business intelligent dashboards for clients, but all in the Excel. And then Power Query came along and Power Pivot came along. Yes. And it was like, oh, magic. <laughs> and we could have more power. Um, and then, yeah, Power BI naturally came along and we just sort of migrated to that as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a bit of a ride. It's, I've been there 15 years now, so it's quite crazy. Sounds like a pretty natural transition as well. And uh, eight people is a, a nice size, yeah. right? Like you know each other well and yeah, yeah. you know what you can offer. Yeah. It's like I've got a, got a bit of a family feel to it and we you know, focus on uh, you know, enjoying ourselves as well as working hard. So <laughs> nah, hopefully that rubs off. So where did, where did you sort of come into the power query, power pivot? You know, how did that? transition happened how did that transition happen good question yeah i actually uh chatted with uh with with a guy who introduced me to uh to power query recently um we we, okay. we chatted recently power query has been there for a while um yeah, and, yeah. and that was in 2016 and uh in 2016 i worked for a software developing company and they wanted to use power bi back then to offer their clients some way to see how their programs were doing so the kind of programs they were offering was in, uh, in supermarkets. So if you purchase a, a certain amount of products, you would get these little digital stamps that you could collect. And these stamps would allow you to get okay. a discount on buying like a new knives or a pen, for example. Right. Yeah. And I think you see more of those programs right now. But in 2016, there were very little digital programs. And that's exactly the kind of product okay. they were offering. So... The, the company I worked at wanted their customers to be able to see like, okay, all of our customers, how many stamps have they collected? And where do we see most of them um, ordering their groceries at what time of the day? So Power BI was really like in yeah. its uh, introduction times back then. And the team that was about to implement this, they would always sit with us with lunch, right? It was very normal to be in the office back then. Sounds long ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and I remember talking to uh, one of the consultants and yeah, I was, I was very interested about these things. And at some point he was like, uh, so Rick, why don't we just uh, see if you can make use of this, uh, you know, in Excel and uh, for your administration, because I worked as an accountant back then. Yeah. And I was a bit nervous because it sounded pretty complex and all, but, but then basically he showed me how things, uh, things worked out. And well, whereas they were implementing this anyway. This allowed me to uh, to take a few weeks to try and automate some of the the reporting we were doing. Um, so so a big part that he did was show me how to connect to the the tables from the administration software we were using, and right. And yeah. every month we wanted to uh, project like how many hours people had worked on certain projects, and what that normally would mean was we'd have to go and click the export button, export to Excel and then make sure that we did a certain evaluation of those hours. But every month we would have to do the same thing. We would have to export the hours, yeah. we would have to make sure to allocate it to the right numbers and we'd have to freeze it. And 
when he showed me this, I was thinking like, we had already made the process much smoother to do our month end closings. But I was just imagining I could probably do this like in a, a third of the time if I was able to connect to this. And I didn't know how to how to do it exactly. But I, I just kind of knew that this technology was going to help me. And yeah, we worked on it for for a bunch of weeks. And, and that's how I got introduced to uh, to Power Query at first. Okay. And that was Power Query, but pulling it into Excel. So the Excel side of Power Query. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the first yeah, years, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't actually touched Power BI much. So it was all uh, all Power Query first. Then uh, I resigned my job after I think after six months of knowing this product, and I started consulting for myself. Oh wow! And okay. um, whereas you could find all kinds of roles for business control, you couldn't find so many business controllers that could also do a little bit of Power BI. And with that little bit of experience of six months, that actually gave me an edge over other applicants. And the first uh, yeah. the first role back then was very much Excel focused with a bit of Power Query and uh, also Power Pivot, basically. Right, yeah. And where, where are you based? I'm, uh, are you I'm, back then I lived in Lisse, which is uh, 20 minutes from Amsterdam. But by now I'm, uh, okay. I'm based in Utrecht, which is uh, 20 minutes to the other side of Amsterdam. <laughs> right in okay. the Netherlands yes and what's what's what sort of um, what sort of clients what industry are, are the clients so that the, the, the first customer with? I worked at was more in the, the retail business they uh, they yeah. sold carpets uh, rugs and those kind of items so it was very much about okay. benchmarking stores seeing what the sales were doing what what they did compared to budgets um and after that, it's actually been really diverse, right? Like some people get really industry knowledge, but I feel I've just been in all kinds of industry over time, which which was fun in a way. Uh, but I never expected that you that you wouldn't need as much industry expertise if you had the technical uh, the technical knowledge. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, we Perth is a big sort of oil and gas and mining sort of town, mm. but. And it does help if you know the terminology, you know, so you can have a discussion. And when somebody use the biggest thing is acronyms, you know, just people using abbreviations for stuff. Yeah. So you know what they're talking about <laughs> and you can nod and just understand, you know, when they're talking FID and things, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, actual technical solutions, data is data and you just need to add things and count things and build relationships between, you know, tables and all this. It's this. It's the same. It's the process. really. Yeah rather than the, well, the the users have the business knowledge and that's the that's the important thing about these sorts of tools excel and power bi well, what, what, the business users get closely involved if you're thinking about those uh, those industries then what's what's been the most interesting industry you've uh, you've been able to work in that that just left uh, left a feeling of wow that was different oh yeah good good question what is um, like health stuff is quite interesting just going, okay, you know, just actually the, the, the challenges facing health departments and health teams um, with the type of data and the nature of stuff they have. It's really quite, it's, it's, it's not Contoso. Mm -hmm. It is really weird, badly structured stored data with, you know, multiple patients having multiple visits with multiple conditions Mm -hmm. it, it just brings a real challenge to how to to lay the data out and present it so that was that's always been interesting um, I imagine 
I'm trying to think if there's anything. There's a there, yeah. There's we've done everything from from um, slaughterhouses. There you are to bring the bring the tone down. <laughs> so you know, from places that do that sort of stuff to to wagyu beef farms to yeah. all sorts. It's just a total gold. You know, miners. Yeah, it's a big old broad band of sort of clients that are based around in Perth. Yeah, and it, so it's been interesting. It, it, it just know, it just gets really uh, it, it sort of gets your curiosity every time you get into a new business, right? Like you get in there and it's yeah, like, okay, yeah. how are d- things here? Are they very different, or is everything perfectly in order? And I have still to meet the first yeah. company where everything was perfectly in order. <laughs> I do. I do find it funny that sort of everyone thinks these other companies have got these magical systems where everything works, <laughs> and it's just not true. <laughs> even even our biggest, you know, blue chip listed companies, they they're still playing around with the CSVs and Excel, and <laughs> you know, more and more of them are getting you know some nice SQL databases in Azure and stuff now that they can connect to. Yeah. Um, but the vast majority are still it's certainly de- department level. People are still having to deal with just nonsense data and old legacy systems and things. Yeah, and and, and then I see these very big customers as well. Uh, like like some of course are getting started, and I love giving training so they they get the right experience to to make use of Power BI. But then there's also big companies yeah. with a lot of users, and um, I was surprised one time to also come in and find out that uh, I think they had over 500 workspaces. And each of those workspaces had right. uh, probably like over 20 reports. And I was just thinking at some point, wow. like, these people have such different challenges, yeah. right? Once you get to that kind of volumes, it's more about like, yeah. where do I find things? Is the quality good? How can we make sure we can control this? Or where is this going? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like yeah. we don't want people to have to search through a library of, well, maybe each of them having like 50 workspaces available to them. And uh, Yes, and that's always been the issue with Excel as well, is that, you know, 45 folders nested 17 layers deep um, and, you know, versions of Excel files flying around everything, everywhere, yeah. which, is, which is a challenge that I think Power BI tries to, tries to confront. And I think with things like Data Hub and other discoverability features, Microsoft are trying to address that. I don't know how successfully that, happens yet in the real world yeah. but i get the concept because yeah everything flying around in multiple folders isn't great either so well, i mean there's of course the idea of getting a like a central data model but it's difficult it's 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 a big challenge yeah. i don't think it's even feasible for most businesses and then the question is no. is there any other tool out there that has managed to to make it controllable in bits and uh, bits and pieces at all like are there other tools that have done it and i wonder i think it's no. at some point there's so i think there's so many different perspectives coming in right from every different user yeah it's it's that um and i think i've heard the phrase by microsoft mentioned around this sort of flexibility at the edges you know discipline at the core i think it is flexibility at the edges so you don't want to be so locked down that people just go well i'm just going to do my own thing mm-hmm. Okay, because that's just what's happened forever, that people do their own thing. Um, but you don't want it to be as loose as Excel has been in the past. You want to, f- I think Power BI is trying to find a, a middle ground and it'll take time. But I can see the concept that it's, it's getting there. Not perfect, but certainly getting there. It's a very hard thing to, to resolve, that flexibility. Yeah. 
yeah and maintaining control as well it's a really tough challenge it's it's like if you have a team of 10 people you should probably be able to manage and have somebody control it but then if you have a team of 500 people yeah how, how, yeah. how does it scale how are you going to manage that <laughs> yeah and you know which, which is the right file for me to or report for me to look at people just send so many as well that you can get a bit out of hand so yeah it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting one um how do, how do you sort of keep up to date with with the latest developments and things are you books are you blogs are you following anybody in particular what uh... um, yeah so so recently i've got more into the reviewing of books um so, okay. so what i try to do when first of all a customer uh, a customer ends like sometimes there's a new certification i want to get and for the certifications they always recommend the the books right like uh, i recently did the pl 500 okay, yeah, yeah. which was also about uh, azure synapse and there was a lot about the power bi premium uh, features and okay some of those things were were topics that i never looked into and the books really helped me into uh, getting started with that. Now I'm also doing a collaboration with a, a team of uh, professionals, so they sometimes can help me with those premium features too. So that's one way. Okay. And then even outside of the certifications, I have like uh, like books on the shelf. There's a few here, but in my other uh, part of the house, I have a lot more books. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always like to get to the details of the more difficult topics. So you can see me reading these kind of books in right. the train. And uh, and sometimes you even find somebody in the train that works with Power BI and then they comment on it, right? Like, oh, oh you're looking into Power BI. And it's, it's a oh, bit embarrassing yeah. and fun at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, it's, 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 it's usually like reviewing books, uh, sharing content that I bump into and try to figure out. But I have to be honest that I, yeah. I don't spend too much time on, uh, on other other YouTube channels or blogs. I, I just don't find the time at this point. Yeah, it, it can be very distracting as well. He just sort of, there's so much. Um, and you've just got to pick and choose which bits you want to follow. But yeah. And, and, and where do you want to be good at, right? Like, I know some people are, yes. are crazy good at getting good, good visuals, doing storytelling, and just making sure that things look so good i could never get there then of course there's the other part as well where you need to get your architecture right and to get your dex calculations and without the right numbers and uh, results you want to see the report is also uh, not doing what it's supposed to do so so where do you see yourself yeah. in that role and i notice myself liking the, the the difficult topics where it's like how do I get the performance right? How do I get this very difficult calculation right in DAX or, or how do I make it in Power Query? So it's usually aiming towards that side of, uh, of the business. But I'm sure with your A team, your team of eight in Access Analytic, you, you also have a division in there, right? Like what everybody likes, what they prefer. Yeah, there's definitely sort of, you know, different, um, slightly different sort of features that people focus on but we're generally we're not admin level we don't we're not at the admin tier so we're not talking about you know system architecture and how to implement it at an enterprise level that's not our our bag mm. we're more at a business unit you know train train the staff help build dashboards and reports give some advice on structure and all that sort of side of things yeah. and actually build Power BI reporting. And I think we've sort of, 
one or two of the of the teams sort of are focusing more on the visual side. One one person's getting into Deneb a bit more and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I sort of I like the visual side and I've got a bit of a focus on there. Obviously, the power query side of things, <laughs> uh, the DAX is you know a, a necessary evil, but we have to get in there and you know use that when it's when it's correct. Yeah, our clients generally haven't got massive data sets. You know, we're not talking millions, hundreds of millions of records. We're talking maybe a million, you know, maybe a million, maybe two million rows of data is all the maximum somebody wants to analyze, and normally it's less yeah. than that. So it's much sort of smaller scale, even for the. Big organizations are basically just made up of small organizations, little departments. So that's who we who we focus on and help help those those folks out. And I, it's good. there's a lot of projects that need to that, that need that kind of level of expertise, right? I think most business users yeah, are, yeah. are in that area actually. I, and this, you, we we have like a, a bit of a, a broad, a, you know, breadth of skills um, across that sort of implementation of, of or build of a report. Mm. And you have to, you have to know, you know, you have to know enough Power Query and enough DAX and enough visualizations to, to have a, a good result. And then people can specialize and go in depth in all of those for, for tougher mm. solutions. And sometimes you spend, you know, a day writing a Power Query and other times you write a day writing a couple of DAX formulas. You know, it depends on, yeah. on the scenario. And then next time you do that same thing in half a day because you did it once already. <laughs> And you just learn, and you, we all we all progress and get better. Or well, you know, we should. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, with, with, with time, uh, things things come back every time, right? Like at some point, it's like we have some challenges for one customer, and other customers are going to have the same kind of questions. Which is why a YouTube channel like yours yeah. or any blog people are writing, they're they're so good because people can relate to the kind of challenges and. Why not share that knowledge with everyone, right? Why why keep it for yourself if everybody yeah. can pick it up? Like, yeah, I think you know, there's there's a bit of there's a some selfish pleasure in that. You know, you get in if you if you get one or two you know nice nice comments back from from doing something and a couple of thumbs up. It's like, all right, somebody's found it useful. I've I, I feel like I sort of paying it back because yeah. I've learned from all these people who've shared as well. You know, and I it feels like you sort of you know you're actually contributing towards that. That whole piece that's that I'm thankful for other people who are sharing. So I feel like you know I I need to share as well. As, as somebody once also told me there, like uh, why why are you giving away all this information for free basically? Um, and I I really feel that giving giving back to that community. Uh, for, first of all, it, it makes you feel good too, of course, because you're ha I'm happy to help. Um, the yeah. second big thing is you learn a lot from sharing because once you start writing or talking about a topic, you might just realize while you're explaining like, ooh, do I actually get this as well as I thought I did? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And, yes. And yes. then I think a third yes. big one that maybe people don't realize is even if you would share all the knowledge you had in small little nuggets, people are never going to watch all of your content anyway. And how are they going to get all those things together, right? There's always still people needed yeah. to, to piece everything together. And then if there's somebody who's very yeah. ambitious and wants to do everything themselves, well, isn't it great that they now can? And if they can't, then they yeah. can get some extra help from well, from people like you and me. Totally, totally. Yeah, I fully, fully agree. Um, you know, I, I asked that question of uh, Minda when she was on uh, the podcast ah, she was here. Uh, last season. Yeah. And, you know, because her business is purely running training online. 
and you know it's like you're offering this content and you you know so you're really competing with yourself to some extent but it's that view of you know if people value your content they'll be willing to pay for it in a structured and more in-depth and you know mm. also you're paying for the interaction with the with the trainer as well because there's you know um internal blogs that people can then post questions to and Minge will get back to them and all that added value so there's value to be found mm. um and it's a good sort of uh, way of marketing yourself to some extent as well so there's there's pluses for everybody it's for everybody everybody wins from it i think yeah um so the power in terms of power query then so that sort of you sort of said somebody introduced you to it and you know that's your first encounter with power query and then you say sort of in, in the introduction that your favorite feature is power query functions there's a bit of a there's a bit of a leap in you know where how how did you pick this up pretty quick or did was it a nice steady straight line of learning or you hmm. what was your experience i wish i could say i picked it up right away i wish <laughs> <laughs> no 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 the, the, truth, the truth is um actually in the start i thought power query was quite difficult um because back when i started there was no intellisense so every time you yes. would write something you'd have to have the capitalization right first of all which I never yeah. did. I always misguessed where the capitalization should be and the dots in between. Right. Um, yeah. But also I would get a lot of errors and often they were either data type related or related to a spelling error that I made. Um, okay. And well, whereas those, those were still pretty clear at some point, right? So at some point you're trying to compare things and it's saying stuff like, ah, you can compare text to an integer. Okay, let me figure that out. It would. It would be a little bit annoying sometimes because Excel would just have a guess at what it should be and it would handle it gracefully. And Power Query is a little yeah. bit more explicit in that way. So that was a, a big reason for frustration in the beginning. Uh, but I think what I thought was more difficult at the start was that at some point you might make a change at some in some part of your query. Because in Power Query you have all these kind of steps. And at some point you might think like, ah, I want to just change something at the start here. And in the beginning, I had a very difficult time finding uh, the right way to make those queries robust. So that if in the future I would get yeah. like new data or there would be uh, an ex extra column added to your database, for example, how could I make sure those queries wouldn't break down? And really, I know Chris, Chris Webb had a book released back then. I think it was called something like Power Query in Power BI in Excel. And he was really one of the yeah, first people yeah. releasing a book and there was not much else out there. So yeah, there were a few blogs, but it was, there was really not too much back then. So yeah, yeah de definitely. It all started out with a lot of struggling. And then I think the biggest leap that I took in that, that beginning was when, uh, when Ken Pulse uh, released the book, uh, the M for data monkey part. And when he released yes. it, I was like, ah, this is very helpful because he would go into depth with exercise files. How can you merge different items? How can you make sure your data gets appended to each other? All those kind of topics that related to the work that I was doing, he would just write it out in the book. And I don't remember which year that was. I think it must have been like 2018 or 2017. But that's really when things okay. took off more. And um, yeah, I guess... Uh, I, I guess that was how the, the beginning started. No advanced editor, all just user interface and clicking and dragging. 
Exactly. And and of course that's yeah, like that. that's like the start, right? So in the beginning it's uh it's user interface things, easy stuff. But before you get to making the functions, I think I only started with that maybe maybe like a year ago. Not even that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and those functions really became necessary only when um uh, especially when certain things were missing in Power Query. So when I felt things were missing, I could rebuild certain functions. And then instead of having all that code in uh, your query multiple times, I felt like it was just a fun way to incorporate that in a function and just call that function multiple times. And yes, I think it was Shil Raviv who, who introduced me to that in his Collect, Combine and Transform book, which you might know as well. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's a book that I read on the train every morning. Oh, you did? <laughs> We're talking about train reading books, yeah. And probably had some weird stares at me going, what's he reading? But yeah, no, nobody came up to me <laughs> and said, hey, you've got a guild book. <laughs> now, and, and of course, those parts where you create functions, it makes sense that it comes later because it actually combines the usage yeah. of all kinds of logic that's already in there. And then, it, and then you need to know a little bit on how to translate that into a function and how you can call certain lists or tables. So all the concepts really come together before you, uh, you get to the functions part. So it would make sense that that, uh, that is one of the last parts in, uh, in your Power Query journey. Yeah. I, I do like the fact that Power Query has this ability to sort of lead you through this learning journey itself. Because, you know, with functions, you can actually do a few couple of clicks and add a parameter and create a function with, you know, it's not all button clicks, but it's a lot of button clicks. Mm -hmm. So, and then you can start writing it from scratch after that. And there's this nice, it's just really well built, I think, that it leads you through these things with clicks to start with. And for, for example, there's this book that I have on the shelf here. Uh, I'm not too good at it yet, but it's a book for, for learning Python. And if you compare Power Query okay. to Python, for example, um, what I really like about Power Query is that each of the, the steps that you take, you can actually see what's happening. So if you delete a column, you see it disappear. If you want to just have a quick preview on how to do text from delimiters, that's okay. And you can even go back certain steps. But then if I look at Python, yes. it feels like you have to run the whole script, see the result. Well, then maybe if you want to check until the previous step, you also run the script until that step. And it's not as, not as easy, I feel, as, as the Power Query interface uh, is helping people. Yeah. Yeah. It's... These little things, it's amazing how you take them for granted now. Um, but it's, it, is, it, is a, it is a really powerful thing to be able to see where you're at, especially if you inherit somebody else's file Definitely. or code. And the ability to walk through click by click is just, you know, that's something that was always missing in VBA. I used to program in macros and all this sort of stuff. And you couldn't really do that. You couldn't mm -hmm. really see what was happening. You could sort of step through it with the F8 key and see a screen change, but that often had its own issues. Yeah. But yeah, Power Cruise is there, just just running through, it's, it's good. And, and what I like best, yeah. like, uh, you, like, um, like last year or so, I was giving training to a team. And before the training, uh, I remember one of the managers saying like, okay, we would, we would like this team to pick this up, but there's a few people where we're like wondering if they're, they're gonna be able to follow or if they're that interested. So just give it a go and see what, what, what they're like. And what I thought was a lot of fun, there were also a lot of older people in there, that everybody was so so happy to see what's happening. Like, click. Oh, and is this really what I'm going to get output on my Excel sheet now? Like, if I do this, 
Do I get everything capitalized with just that button? I'm like, yes, it's that easy. You just click and it gets you your worksheet. And she's like, so all that work that I've done, all those hours every week, I can just do it by clicking now? I'm like, yes. And after you're done with it, you just refresh and next time it's done. And also the people that, uh, well, my customer was wondering if they were going to pick up. They also picked up and were getting very happy about uh, the Power Query results. And for me, I'm, I'm still looking back at that with, uh, with a big smile and, and thinking like, hey, this makes such yeah. a big impact for people. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Power Query Trainer is just one of those jobs that almost shouldn't be paid. It's just, <laughs> it's just a rewarding. Don't tell anybody, don't tell any clients. But it's just, it's just so much fun to actually teach Power Query because people just get it. Um, and they get they they immediately see the benefit of using it. And of course, I wonder. Like uh, I'm coming from this financial background, so it's always been a lot about budgeting, getting the consolidation ready, making sure your spreadsheets get certain numbers in there. But I'm sure if you come from a different field, it's also going to have the similar kind of benefits. But it just might have a different perspective to it on what kind of data you need or how you want to output it. But I'm I'm, I'm noticing yeah. it's just giving such efficiency to budgeting processes as well. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's wonderful that got released and it sometimes hurts to see that so little people use it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're, we're all doing our bit, right? We're all doing our right. bit so we can look back and say, hey, we tried, we tried. <laughs> we tried to tell people about it. Have you, have you sort of, what would you, would you have a guess of most time saved with a, with a power query process, any time any saved. major time well, savings or maybe maybe I'd have a guess with uh, my record and coming in somewhere. <laughs> I remember coming in at a customer and uh, I think I was there for like one or two hours, and uh, for some reason I got to talk with uh, somebody who was really into the Excel part because I got introduced in the first round. Right, like this is Rick; he's going to help us with these things. And then he was like, oh, but I'm working on this stuff. And actually during lunch, we were just having a quick look at it. And it cost him about, I, th I think like four or five hours every week to get this ready. And that first week, we already saved him those four or five hours by automating this right away. So I felt like, well, yeah, those first yeah. three, four hours seeing the problem and then fixing it by the week after, that was one of those examples. But to then quantify it on the general image on all the projects i think that's a difficult one uh win <laughs> yeah no it's those those single use you know case examples i think are really powerful and you just go you know th this was causing somebody a lot of hassle probably stress probably boredom all this sort of stuff over and over again and then you've fixed it in a fairly short amount of time. also for some reason the the time that you save it always seems to fill up with other things again right like, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this like two hours earlier now, but it's not like you go home two hours earlier. It's like, no, no, no. We now have more time to do other things <laughs> that we might enjoy even better. Yeah, That's yeah. what I usually think. Because I think the data cleaning yeah. and doing repetitive work, it takes the fun out of it after a while. So if you can automate that and focus on the more challenging and maybe the, the stuff that brings value, it fills up time, but it's it's valuable. So I think that's... That's really what happens. And you, and you also, you you end up giving yourself more time to learn more stuff because there's 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 no there's no end of how much better you can get. Mm. There simply isn't, you know. So you can just get better at whatever you do, and 
if you freed up some time to learn some more, then you're just going to get better again and better again. And you're just adding value to your, your employer. You're adding value to yourself for your future. Yeah. Um, yeah so I just think it's... Ah, so so what would you say, Win, to people who are like, uh, they don't have a lot of experienced users yet and they're afraid to train like one or two people to learn this because if they would really get good at this, they're afraid nobody else would understand. What would you tell people that are afraid for those uh, scenarios? Oh, so the so the argument of don't use anything complicated and I put double quotes for people listening. Yeah. Uh, air quotes. So don't do anything because other people won't understand how it works. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, well, I think from a power query point of view, it is pretty straightforward to understand. And I'm a fan of using as many steps as possible to make it as easy to understand rather than making it maybe maybe even faster and shorter to write, but more condensed and harder for people. Same thing with Excel formulas, the old classic of building some helper columns rather than building a mega formula. I'm a big helper column fan to help with a logic. Mm -hmm. But just, just that sort of concept of not building something because somebody else won't understand it. I don't know how you assess what what's too hard to understand. Um, people need training in Excel and Power BI. They just simply do. Mm. And clients who don't implement training or give staff training are just, you know, shortchanging themselves. And it's, it's a weird one. People, I think, think they think they know Excel. Power BI is a bit different mm -hmm. now. More people are coming on training because it's a totally new thing. But people think they know Excel mm -hmm. and the features of Excel because it's nothing obvious changes just from the user interface. You know, nothing, there's a, maybe another hidden button somewhere. Yeah. But you just, you're just missing out as an organization if you don't train your staff in the day-to-day -day technology they need to use. It's, it's a, I'm biased, I'm a trainer, you know. Sure. So take my my comments with a with a pinch of salt anybody that's listening at the same time we don't ask uh, our employees to have the same skills as our ceo right so in a way wouldn't it be okay already if two or three people had that expertise so of course it's not a one person thing and then if anybody leaves the company yeah. with some of that knowledge well then you find somebody else and you train that person as well so at least you get all those time savings you get the insights that you need uh, people are gonna like their job better and yeah, does it matter that everybody, not everybody knows? I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a good point. You know, having having at least two folks who know a technology that you're implementing, you know, as a bare minimum is a, you know, very sensible, <laughs> sensible approach. Otherwise, you're, you're in you're in a bit of trouble sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that. You know, I just posted something on LinkedIn today about it. I was thinking, you know, Power BI gets all these communities of practice now. You know, people come together in teams on a Friday afternoon and have a power hour or, uh, you know, have a monthly session where they talk about Power BI and things. I was just thinking, why has that never happened for Excel? Why, why aren't there? You know, given Excel is so broadly used, why aren't there? That's it. That's a good question. Monthly has, teams. Has it never happened? Like, I'm, I, I have never seen it myself either. And I mean, yeah. I wasn't always the, well, the Excel guru out there who was blogging about it. That was only recently. But yeah. were, weren't those communities anywhere? There were, there were like these championships, really, I think. Not, but they never had like these games yeah. before, had they? 
No, and it, it's it's you know there is there isn't that. I think because Excel's grown, you know, so wide and and so broadly, there's not like a an Excel approach. People are using Excel for their shopping lists, and people are using Excel for financial models and for BI reports, and you know, yeah. all these different uses. So there's not a common there's not necessarily a common user. Whereas I think Power BI is a bit narrower in terms of its focus and its audience. Um, but no, there's never really been, there's never been an internal, I've never known of a company to have an Excel, mm. you know, get together. We've run Excel workshops and lunch and learn sessions for clients that we've said, hey, would you like us to do one? And we've, we've done them. Yeah. But we've never, you know, I've never heard of one from a client going, oh yeah, we already do one. It's just like, um, some people on LinkedIn were commenting that they run them, and I think that's brilliant. And but yeah, generally, and I guess maybe, maybe it also has to do with the part that the video conferencing, I think, has become much more accessible for people over the recent times, right? Like whereas uh, Skype yeah. was a thing before, I don't think as many people knew how to use Skype, and maybe they used it to call abroad, like uh, for long distance calls. But I think in the beginning that it even cost a little bit of money. And it was yes. just not as accessible for, for just everyone. Whereas since the last two, three years, everybody is online as they're set up at home. So maybe that has something to do with it uh, as well. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it should take <laughs> off. Stop campaigning for it. And, uh, okay, okay, so um, so it's time to have a little game. This is the Just a Minute game. I don't know if you've heard anybody else playing this No, yet. I haven't. So it's where we have to... We have to talk for a minute, okay? Which is quite hard, and I get an advantage because I'm native English speaker. Sure. So you know, I'm I'm already got an advantage here. So the topic of the conversation, or not really the conversation, but your your speech about this topic, is creating a date table using Power Query. Okay. okay. So creating a calendar table, a date table in Power. I know Query. a little bit about that. So the idea is <laughs> that either either you can start or I can start, it's up to you. And then if you hear me repeat a word or pause for too yeah. long, you buzz in, just say buzz, and then you carry on the conversation, <laughs> okay? And then if I hear you pause or repeat a okay. word, so if you say the word, you're allowed to say the word calendar, table, and power query, because that's the yeah. topic. So you can say that a couple of times. But if you said data type twice, or you say step, applied step twice, I'm buzzing in and taking over. Okay? No way. Whoever's speaking, whoever's speaking at the 60 second mark is the winner. <laughs> so it's only 60 seconds. Okay. So I'm, I, think, I think I'm about 50-50. I can't quite remember. I've lost about as many as I, and I should be getting better, but I'm not. Okay. Right. So I'm getting my phone out. I'm going to, so on the topic of, creating a data table, a date table, mm -hmm. sorry, in Power Query. Do you want me to start or do you want to start mm. up, totally up to you? Why don't I give it a start so I can see when you interrupt me? Because that might be a tricky one, okay. right? And I think, uh, I think you're, yeah, you just you're focusing it. mostly on the nouns, right? When you're saying I say something twice. Like uh, we don't look at the words like yeah, that, so it's yeah. more like the big topics. No, that would be really yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the big nouns. Yeah, okay. so I'm I'm trying to pick up, and I'm not very good at spotting them either. But so I'll 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 do my best. Or b really big pauses, or if you say um, I can buzz in. So you just got to speak slow and steadily. Gosh. That's the art to this. Okay, sure. <laughs> but not too slow, otherwise that's cheating. <laughs>
Okay. Right, hold on then. Let me get my little timer going. Uh, I'm feeling a little competitive now. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, right. So, ready, steady, go. So, any of your Power BI reports can benefit from getting a, a calendar table. In most projects that you work, a table that contains your dates will help you in making your time intelligence easier, but it can also leverage relationships between your date table and the rest of your model. And you can make a query to generate that calendar table in several ways. One of the ways to do this is to use the list dates function that allows you to give a starting date that needs an amount of steps that show how long your calendar will be. <laughs> and it can then indicate also how big these steps should be. These could be a single day. Oh, Buzz, Buzz, you were doing so well. You said steps twice. <laughs> okay, your turn. <laughs> so that was, that was, You've, you've actually got the furthest anyone got. You were at 50 seconds, so I feel quite bad. Uh. <laughs> that, that I, that I Talk quickly, Win. Talk quickly. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, so you've, got 10, you've got 10 seconds to buzz in if I, uh, if I mess up. Okay. So a calendar table can have years, months, days, week number, all these sorts of columns that you can use to slice and dice your report by those factors. Ah, 60 seconds up. Yeah, so we have a bad. winner here. I feel bad. <laughs> well done, well uh, done, Win. That was a great run. 50 seconds was impressive, right? So that is, okay. you've, you've set the record there for, and I don't think I missed any, any uh, double ups. Okay. So thanks. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on, on, on I could I, I could have done another record. thirty minutes on calendar tables, but the words uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the using words twice that was a difficult one. They're so important. Um, calendar table, Power Query, or DAX. Power Query. For sure. For sure. Me too. I, you know, I, I obviously I'm. I, it's where my comfort zone is, but I just feel it's more flexible and e well and again easier for people to add an extra or me to add some extra columns onto and stuff like this as well i uh, i, I released a blog easy. post on how to make your calendar in multiple languages and that means both okay. for the column names but also for the values in your columns and i was thinking how am i going to do this with a dex calendar table that's going to be quite difficult i think right um, yeah yeah it's, Especially if I want to just give a parameter to people and say like, okay, I want to have this in English and then have everything in English. And then I choose maybe Spanish and have it translated to Spanish, all of it. I'm not sure. I was missing quite some features and certain custom functions were also easier to, to leverage through Power Query, I felt. Whereas in Dex, I don't even think you can create functions, can you? You can, I guess you can sort of potentially loop through something and you can mm -hmm. have if statements in there, but not something that can, well, you could potentially have something that iterates down a, a table, I mm. guess, but it depends as always. Okay. But no, I just go power key. <laughs> um, yeah, easier. And, uh, so um, anything missing from power query or power BI or, you know, Excel or anything currently that you'd, you'd vote for, if you've got any, anything in the ideas forum, or you've, you've got any thoughts yes. about improvements? Yes. So, I'm working a lot with Power Query and a lot of the code that I use, I use repeatedly. And what I would really like is to be able to save some sort of library with your personal code 
so that if I, for example, have 30 functions that I regularly use, I don't always want to go back to my blog post and copy paste it back into a file. So I would really like it if there was some kind of way to create a library that you could call upon and then have that library come in into Power Query. And anybody else that then wants to use that, then imports that library, expands it with what they need. That's something that for me is, is really missing and yeah, would really make the product yeah, a little bit better. Yeah. Yes. And is there, do you know if there's a ideas powerbi.com sort of thing to vote for for that one I'll, I'll i'll search it up if you're not sure i might have to look that one up because I'm, I'm not fully sure it's there yeah um, um there must be i think it's it sounds like a grand idea i think i've i think i've heard imka talking about it at some point as well, well. so it reminds me a little bit of like um, a, the external tool from uh, greg deckler where he also has like quick measures that you can copy paste into your dax and I think something similar yeah, should work yeah. for Power Query as well. Because way back when, initially, there was a like a Power Query catalog in Excel. You could click some button and upload, but I don't know if that's the same thing or that was something slightly different. It's, it's, I never really played about with it. Mm. Um, and I think it got scrapped after a little while, but uh. sounds like something that would be useful. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell to me either. But uh, if that yeah. would come to exist, I would really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of where where's the best place for people to sort of you know find you and link you know link, LinkedIn, your blog, you know where's the best best spot? Um, so if there's any topic that you want to discuss or have questions about and it's related to a blog post or YouTube video, I always tell people just put a comment below that video or blog post. And if you feel like you want to connect and follow any of the contents that I provide, you can either sign up for my mailing list on uh, gorilla.bi or you can follow me on LinkedIn where I actually post a lot of things and uh, well, we can interact, you know, if you uh, want to have a short discussion about a topic, we can have a chat. So, uh, so I'd probably say choose LinkedIn or if it's any topic related, you can, you can find yeah, one of yeah. the videos or, or blogs. Cool. And, um, you, you became an MVP this year, yeah? Is that That's right? That's right. This, uh, I think it was March this year. Yeah. Feels uh, feels very special pretty still. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully there's sort of a, an in-person summit in the, in the coming future to, to get everybody together as well, because that's always, uh, was always it, a good Wasn't while. there always something was happening like in, in Seattle once a year as well before? Yeah, in, in March. March. Maybe next year. I, I, I got to go to two of them. Mm first two my first two years and then it covid came and uh, stopped it but fingers yeah. crossed who knows uh, for the coming march then fingers yeah. crossed indeed um and who no did, did somebody nominate you for that yes yes um it's uh you might know uh, mark proctor from uh, his website excel of the grid ah, and uh, we've yes, been in touch uh, quite a bit before and at some point he was like uh, rick i think with the content you make uh, you'd make a good mvp um and he, yeah, he offered to nominate yeah. me for it, so that was uh, that was great. Oh, excellent! And it took a bit to upload all the all the yes. contents for it. Uh, they had to review it, yeah, but yeah. then I remember really well. I was gardening in the backyard, and for some reason, I picked up my phone to check something in my email, and I remember that the the message came in back then, and it just felt, it almost felt like a graduation party, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's good oh, fun. It's, it's a good good community to be part of. It's fun. Um, and uh, so before we wrap things up, I like to ask my my sort of guests if they've had any brushes with fame 
So have you met any famous people or got any famous connections? Do we have any famous connections? In the Excel world, and Power BI world, yes. <laughs> and then the real world? <laughs> not that that isn't the real world, but... I'm afraid not. I was thinking about that really hard win, but no. I don't think I've met so many famous yeah. people. I mean, I go to concerts no, and all. You've I've, not got a famous... I've been to a Coldplay concert, but we never shook hands, so I don't think that counts as much. No. So I'm. A f you haven't got a famous uncle that developed something, you know, developed the uh, suspension bridge or anything like this. Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing <laughs> of the sort. I'm. I'm still waiting for the day where people recognize me, you know, when I'm on vacation. It's like, oh, that's. Uh... Yeah, yeah. But, You're uh, the famous. But no, person. I, uh, I. I don't <laughs> think I met anybody famous, unfortunately. I still hope to yeah. at some point. Any. Any hobbies? Well, some might not know that, but uh, I'm a lot into salsa dancing, and I'm currently in the advanced salsa oh, class. Okay. Um, so I go to salsa dancing like twice a week, and there's a lot of social uh, socials going on here. So whenever I'm not doing any right. any Power BI, I'm I'm usually dancing. <laughs> salsa, awesome, very good. You know, I, I I did a quick Google of your name and a whole bunch of, you know, Ricks popped up, etc. Um, but one I think might be you is via Mixcloud. Does that ring a bell? I might have a mix. And one of the songs on Mixcloud, it might not be you, right? But one of the songs on Mixcloud that's pinned as one of your favourites is You Got to Grill, Volume 11, Let the Chicken Hit Them. Does, <laughs> does that ring a bell? Well, I do have a Mixcloud account. Does that... But this one doesn't ring a bell, yeah. though. So. I could, I, I could go it's, ahead and try I'll, I'll and send listen you the link. to it. I'll, I'll, I'll comment under your YouTube video <laughs> if it's mine, but it doesn't ring a bell, actually. It's, it's some crazy <laughs> song. I'm going to send you a link to it. If it's you, I'm leaving this in. <laughs> if it's not you, I'll edit this bit okay, out. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's me. I'm not very active on Mixcloud. I do have an account, so uh, who knows? It might yeah. be mine. Oh, but, uh, let's see. It did, yeah, it just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just random. Um, so I've also been asking people about their worst presentation moment. Have you had any horrible blue screen of death moments or? Yeah, I had a very bad one, unfortunately. I, um, th there, there was a day, I think it was one and a half years ago, and I was preparing to give a Power BI training to a team. And when I came in, there was first a barbecue. And after that barbecue, uh, well, it was more, more of a dinner, a bit of barbecue as well. But after uh, the typical food, we went into that room with, um, I think we were with maybe 15 people. And... Well, I took, of course, my laptop and all the, the presentation material that I needed. But for some reason, uh, I decided not to test the materials before we started. So I remember wanting to start everything and everybody was like, ready? I was like, okay, Rick, are you ready for it? I'm like, yes. And then we tried to connect my laptop to this screen. And for some reason, the technology failed. Like, it wouldn't connect to my laptop. So then they tried to connect that laptop, uh, the, the connection to another laptop, and it worked. But of course, I didn't have any of my training materials on there. So he was like, okay, right. well, we still want this training to happen, right? So at the spot there, I had to log in like first on my OneDrive, transfer everything. Now I have these crazy passwords in my uh, LastPass account. So I was trying to type that <laughs> over and that didn't work for like two, three times with the whole crowd watching, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I just yeah, felt yeah. Uh, I just felt uh, a, a little bit nervous there with the whole crowd looking at me, and I think it took a good fifteen minutes to get that fixed. But then, uh, but then in the <laughs> end, it was a great training. <laughs> <laughs> Last 
LastPass is brilliant until you have to type that password in somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and usually you try to have it on different devices until you get to somebody else's laptop, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. So I guess that was uh, <laughs> my worst training moment uh, so far. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, and one of the requirements of coming on to Paraquee Magic is you've got to leave two of your own articles or videos, your favorite and your most popular. So what are you going to leave with us? Okay. So my most popular uh, article on my blog, it's actually about DAX, even though I blog about Power Query all the time. Um, so I could make my po most popular Power Query one as well, but my most popular one at this point is calculating the last 12 months in DAX, where I show like 12 different ways on how to do it, just to show that DAX is very okay. flexible, right? There's mul multiple ways to achieve the yeah, same yeah. thing. So that's one of my most popular ones. And one of my favorite ones is a little bit geeky maybe, but I have a very elaborate uh, blog post on list functions in Power Query. And I think what? I wrote almost 14,000 words on this maybe. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it's like a very, very long post with almost all of the list functions there are. Yeah. And then I illustrate on different ways and how you can use it. And uh, I had a lot of fun making it because making these posts, I have to delve into each of those functions. And of course, you learn a lot from looking at it. But then putting the examples out there on a single page, for me, it also made it very easy to browse if I wanted to find a solution. Like it was just one long single page for it. Right. So I'd say that is one of my yeah, favorite posts yeah. that I uh, go back to a lot. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Sounds good. I'll have to check it out. We'll put links in all the all the show notes Thanks and so everywhere. Much. So uh, yeah, make sure you share those with me. And finally, we're going to strand you on a desert island. Okay. It's a remote island. It's not a luxury resort or anything. And you can have one luxury or item with you, but it must begin with M. Yes. What are you taking? I've thought a lot about this when. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, when I was thinking about this is, uh, yeah, I, I generally eat quite healthy, but there are times when I just turn into a different person. And uh, one of my guilty pleasures is uh, M&Ms. So uh, you, you oh. might know the moment where you're like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm just going to head out and maybe just grab one hand of M&Ms, you know? And when you think those, when you're having those thoughts, I usually feel that there's a certain person inside of me thinking that. But then after you grab like a hand of it and you, and you have this taste of it, there's totally a different person coming up after that because that person that thought to just have a hand, it just completely disappears. There's a completely different person out there. And uh, I just can't help myself sometimes. I just eat these whole bags all at once. So I think if you would send me to one of those islands, I'd go for a, a, a huge bag of M&Ms. <laughs> Yes, that's a good call. <laughs> Endless supply of M&Ms. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been it's been brilliant to chat, Rick. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I also enjoyed it. And uh, I do hope we get to meet in uh, in real sometime, Win, That would be great. I, I hope we can all get together at some point. Maybe next year as well. I might start traveling around a bit mm. more. So uh, maybe some conferences over in, in Europe. So uh, you never know. We'll hopefully catch up at some point. But yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Wynn.